We might need to turn the air on. Okay, great. All right, well, let's get our Bibles out. We're going to talk about the depth of deception tonight. The depth of deception. How many don't like it when somebody tricks you? Have you ever shaken hands with a little kid with a buzzer in his hand? <laughs> or you reach out for a piece of gum and it snaps your fingernail? Well, there's all kinds of little tricks and stuff in this world. Uh, but we're talking about something bigger. We're talking about tonight the depth of, of deception. So if you will, please turn with me to the book of Deuteronomy in the Old Testament. Deuteronomy chapter number 11. And we're going to pray. And we're going to talk about the depth <clears throat> of deception, which right now I think is important for all Christians in America, all over the world, to be careful and to search the scriptures and have a relationship with the Lord so that you will not be deceived. Because the first, the first uh, the evidence of being deceived is thinking that you can't be deceived. I'll never be tricked. If we all think that way, well, that's the first step to being thinking that, uh, well, I, no, not the other people are getting tricked and deceived by the devil, but not me. And then he says, aha, I got gotcha. you. So we ought, to, we ought to be aware and walk circumspectly. Uh, you know, a little bird. Have you ever seen a nervous bird out in the, in the wilderness? Um, I was at the hospital and I was uh, parked on the ER side. And I was just waiting for them to release my wife. And I, I watched these little chickadee uh, birds. Man, they are nervous. Have you ever watched them? Uh, they're always looking around, looking around, looking around, look behind, look behind, up and down, over and down. So how are you going to eat anything if all you're doing is looking around? Uh, when the Bible says we ought to walk circumspectly, that's the circumference of our lives. And to walk uh, knowing that the devil can deceive us at any moment if you're not aware of his uh, devices. So let's look at this tonight. Let's pray. And uh, if you'll hold your place there, we'll get into the message tonight. Father, bless us now, please. Help us not to be deceived, Lord. Help us to know what you want in our lives. Help us not to be tricked and uh, hoodwinked and, uh, and deceived by the, by the devil. Now, Lord, we know that he walketh about. Uh, seeking whom he may devour he's always on the prowl he's looking for weakness he's looking for anything that he can do to destroy our lives and we ask God that you'd help us to walk uh, 360 uh, knowing full well that that you can take care of us if we just listen to you and we pray that none of our people would be deceived by Satan and we pray that we would be a help to others who might have been or might be in the process of being deceived in some way or another, that their lives would be a trophy for the Lord. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, as a support officer, I always have to go on uh, drug overdose calls. And so I've seen so many people that had good lives and they're, they're not, they were not drug addicts. But they, for some reason, thought that if they just tried heroin one time, that'd be okay. And let me say, uh, if, you, if you do it the first time, you probably do it the second time. Nobody has just taken one beer. That, that's, that's ridiculous. No, I, know, I know nobody in the world that has only taken one sip 
of liquor or alcohol of some kind. And I know no, I know nobody in the world that's ever just smoked one cigarette. I mean, there, there probably are people to prove me wrong, which I hope there are. But you see, the deception is that you and I can do anything we want and there's no repercussion. Now, the Bible tells us in many areas it is our duty, it is our responsibility to not let yourself be deceived by the devil. It's your job. And he will deceive you if you get into the uh, mindset of, that's just the devil. Hey, hey, wait, fools make a mock at sin, don't they? Fools joke about sin too much. Fools that, that, that get caught in the snare of the devil, they, they never thought that they would uh, ever have a problem with it. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 11. Look with me, please, in verse 16. This is just one verse out of several hundred thousand verses that you can go to. But it says in verse 16, Take heed to yourselves that your heart be not, what? Deceived. Deceived. And ye turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. Uh, Moses was preaching that the children of Israel ought to watch out, take heed, be careful, pay attention, listen, that kind of thing. He, that's what you do when you, you take heed. But what happened to Israel was that they did, in fact, stray away from God, and they did get into idolatry, and it cost them their children. They actually got to the point where they believed the idols and the, the false gods of the world. They actually took their babies and sacrificed their own children on the fiery altars of all the other false gods. And the Lord was so absolutely angry with that that he finally had to judge the whole, the whole nation. And they were severely judged. He scattered them all, all over the world. Now, we, we, we see that God's serious about this. Let's look now in 2 Timothy, if you will. Or excuse me, yeah, 2 Timothy chapter 3, if you will. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and uh, verse number 13. It says, But evil men and seducers, these are smooth-talking tricksters in religious circles. Smooth-talking uh, tricksters, charlatans. But evil men and seducers, shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. These people that deceive, they get deceived themselves. It's like the car salesman when I was in the Navy. Um, I, I, uh, I was walking down one of the busy streets in San Diego, and I was kind of wishing and hoping that one day I'd have my own car, and I, had, I, don't, I didn't have a car yet. And so I was, I was going to catch a bus or something. I was, I was just a lonely sailor boy. And I walked up and made a bad mistake. I walked up into a car parking lot, a dealership, and the guy was next in line, and he came, Hi, how you doing? Good to see you in the Navy, aren't you? All that kind of stuff. Just as smooth as oil. He said, You know, just, just want to let you know, I, I don't want to try to sell you a car. I, I just want to help you buy one. I don't know if you all caught that. Do you see how smooth he was? 
He's going to help me buy a car. He doesn't want to sell me one. He just wants to help me buy one. I didn't have enough money, and I was, uh, I was yesterday's news to him. As soon as he found out I didn't have any money, it's like, um, okay, yeah, have a nice day. See you later. Uh, but I'm glad I didn't get tricked into buying a real big, huge, expensive car that I couldn't pay for. Uh, but they're out there, aren't they? They're out there. Um, I, I, I also, how many have ever been to Disneyland or Disney World? I'm sorry, I, lo I love those rides. I love those exhibits. My, one of my favorite is the Hall of Presidents. And they got all the wax figures and the, sh the light shines on them. And it's almost like it's real. And, and another favorite exhibit is the Country Bear Jamboree. I don't know if you've got any country in you, but I love the Country Bear Jamboree. You got a big old uh, bear sitting there playing the fiddle, and it's all bluegrass, and I, I just love it. And one of my favorites, though, is the Pirates of the Caribbean. If you ever go to Disneyland or Disney World, take all your time and just go on that one ride, and you'll, you'll, be, you'll be satisfied. Uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean, it's a fun one. It's great. There's all kinds. And then there's the Tiki Hut where the flowers come up out of, all around you and the rainforest comes down and it gets dark in there and it thunders and everything. And it's almost like you're there. But the fact is, it's all a bunch of nonsense. It's not real. But you, just, you just like it. It's, you, know, you, know, you put the fact in that it's not real, you put it out of your head and you just enjoy it. And so um, I, I, just, I just really love the Pirates of the Caribbean. But one time I was on this ride when I was uh, going through, and I looked in the back, and I thought, that's just a bunch of mechanical machines back there. Those pirates aren't real. <laughs> you, know, uh, I, you know, you don't, you don't want to see the workings behind the scenes. You just want to enjoy it, right? Kind of like the fair. You know what happened to the fair? I, I love going to the, the fair to the one exhibit. It's the basketball toss. You know why? I like talking to the guy. And what happened, first time I went to the fair, years and years ago, they had this basketball toss, and all these poor kids are throwing the basketball out. Not one of them was making a basket ever. They're just taking money from kids. And they had this big wall up there, and they had four or five rims up there. And so I went around the side, and I looked crossways at the rims, and they looked like oval eggs. They're real skinny. You couldn't get a basketball through that hoop unless you have a perfect shot with maybe a half an inch on either side. It's a ripoff. So I told the guy, I said, hey, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You, have you seen these? He said, all right, next in line, hurry up, come on, let's go. And I said, no, wait, wait, you, you're cheating. You're cheating, those aren't round. Those basketball rims aren't round. You're, you're tricking people. He said, all right, uh, you can't get over there. Quit walking over there. That's a, the next year, guess what they did? They put walls up on the side so guys like me couldn't cause trouble. I'm not about to spend money on that stupid basketball toss. That's just wrong. It's just raking in the book, poor kid. Daddy, daddy, let me throw it. It's all deception. Our world is full of deception. We're getting tricked left and right. The majority of the Earth's population, I believe, is easily tricked easily deceived i'm sorry but that's just human nature if somebody says something it's usually uh accepted as truth if you tell somebody 
uh, they're go you're going to find somebody to believe it, whether it's true or not. Uh, but Christians are having have a duty to look into things. How many know what critical thinking is? Critical thinking. Uh, it's it's where you just don't automatically believe everything you hear. We had a saying in the Navy: Don't believe anything you hear. Nothing, and only half of what you see, and then you'll be fine. You know, rumors and rumors and and false information. Um, I know somebody that said, "Well, it has to be true. I heard it on television." Well, that doesn't mean a thing. There, people are uh, manufacturing things to, to tell us, to deceive us, uh, to get us to do things and to believe a certain way. Uh, so you know what I, you know what I don't like in church. In church, you know what I've heard pastors refer to the church members as donors. Donor, a donor. No, you're a Christian and you're a member of the church. You're not a giving unit. You're not a, a number. You're not some kind of a consumer. You know, the, the, the world looks at us. They don't care anything about us. Uh, they just want our money, and they want us to act a certain way and follow along and do whatever we're told and just be robotic. And God says, no, no. Uh, if the Son hath made you free, ye shall be free indeed. You can think for yourself. You can, you can look up stuff. You know, you know wisdom is free. You don't have to pay for it. If you hear something, you shouldn't just believe it automatic. Unless your pastor tells you that, they, that he loves you. You can believe that. Have you, have, has anybody told you that they loved you yet today? I'm, I'm just asking if it happened, not that I do. No, no, no. Uh, of course, I love you, and, and I want you to know that, and I'm looking out for you, and I pray for you. And it's not all about me. We should be doing that for each other. Listen, kids, 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 listen. You young people, you, sh you should be very weary, wary, uh, very, very aware of tricks that the devil wants to play in your life. There, he is out to destroy your life. Look at the world. They, they, Satan wants to wreck your life. He would love you to be shipwrecked. So... I believe, really, that the majority of America is easily deceived. I, I, it never used to be like that, but I think it's getting that way. Uh, and you know what? The majority of Christians also can be uh, somewhat easily deceived. You've got to be careful. If you have to be uh, a critical think. Think for yourself. Look up things for yourself. Find out. There's safety in a multitude of what? Counselors. Counselors. The more advice you get on something, the more you look into something, the better off you'll be. Now, in, in the Bible, we have uh, a, a little picture of the future. Would you turn with me to 2 Thessalonians? And let's look and see what's, what's about to happen in the world at some point. Um, I can't tell you when this is going to happen. I certainly uh, don't have to worry about it today. And the reason is is because we have the Bible and we have God's word, and he wants his children to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. He wants us to be not simple-minded, just throwing ourselves out there and believing every single thing we hear. That's dangerous. But in, in a certain time, uh, we're going to see how that the devil 
is going to uh, trick the whole world. So let's look at 2 Thessalonians. In chapter number 2, it says, Paul said to the Thessalonians, We beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us. As that time, uh, as that the day of, the, of Christ is at hand, let no man deceive you by any means. Did you see that, folks? Did you see what God said there? Let no man deceive you by any means. Don't you let yourself be tricked in anything. You look into it and study it out and listen and get counsel, whatever you're doing. But it says, let no man deceive you by any means. And this is um, primarily talking about uh, spiritual matters for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first and that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition talking about the antichrist here who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is uh, called God or that is worshiped so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God showing himself that he is God remember Ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. And now ye know that what withholdeth, that he might be revealed in his times. Something's holding back. Something holding him back from being revealed. But he's going to be revealed one day. He's going to deceive the world. But you and I don't have to be deceived at all about anything that's going on today. Let's look at verse 7. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. So the, the devil's going to be whooped entirely by the Lord. Amen. The devil's not stronger than God. And verse 9 says, even him who's coming is after the working of Satan with all power, watch it, and signs and lying wonders. Signs, power, lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they've received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. Now, I want to say something really, really quick. There's lots and lots of talk nowadays about this virus. There's lots of talk about the uh, forced vaccinations. There's lots of talk about the loss of our freedoms. And some of the religious people in the world have carried this up into their mind to think that there's the the mark of the beast is is going to be given to you through a vaccination i don't believe that i do believe this though that uh the the vaccinations are only the groundwork of power and authority and in other words uh i've never been i've never had anybody tell me before uh since the navy let's stand in line Keep your mouth shut. We're going to give you a shot. Okay, I can understand if I'm on a, a, a warship, 
but I, I'm a private citizen now. I'm a pastor. There ain't nobody going to tell me what to do like that. I don't know how you feel about it. I'm, if I don't want to get it, I'm not getting nothing. If I don't want to get um, a shot, I don't have to get a shot. There's freedom. Now, if you do want them, I want you to know the, the, the stand of our church. Do whatever you think God wants you to do. I'm for you. I'm with you. If anybody wants to do anything, listen. But for me, I just want freedom. I'm not going to. If I want to get something done to my body, then fine and dandy. I think I have the right to do it, don't you? Everybody with me? That's not unfair, is it? I think you ought to have the right to do whatever. But I want you to realize the vaccination uh, or any vaccine is not the mark of the beast. The mark of the beast is in your forehead or your right hand. And you're not going to be here if you're a Christian. We're going to get out of here. So you can't take it anyway, even if it was. I, how many remember when the soda pop cans came out and they had that barcode on them? Do, 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 do. Hey, it's come. It's here. It's the mark. Ah, man, I drank so much Mountain Dew. I don't know. I'm, I must really have the mark. I don't know. But they say, it's on the can. It's not on the can. It's just, it's just the groundwork. One day, it'll all happen. I don't want anybody to go around fear and like, did you, did you know that so-and-so took the mark of the beast? The beast ain't here. And you didn't take the mark. What you got was a shot. And I hope, you, I hope you're healthy. Amen? That's all it is. But when the real time comes, the devil's going to have the power to deceive the whole world. I want you to know that it's, it's, it's his job to deceive people. So he's not too worried about you and the mark. You know what he's worried about? He's trying to get you to uh, stop serving God. He's trying to get you to hate God. He's trying to get you to question God and have a bad attitude about the Bible. He's trying to get you to hate every preacher in America. He's trying to get you and I to, to, to find out little, little things of hypocrisy everywhere and say, ah, ah, he's not perfect. I don't want to go to church anymore. I know a Christian that's not perfect. Yep, I found one. And I'm not going to church anymore. Because I found somebody in that congregation that's a hypocrite. They're not perfect. And if I'm going to go to church, I want everybody in that place to be perfect. Otherwise, I'm not coming. Oh, listen, what a bunch of malarkey. What a bunch of junk. Listen, I'm a sinner. We got anybody else in this crowd that's a sinner? Anybody else? A couple of you won't raise your hand. I understand. No, no, I'm, I'm not getting on you, but if you're a sinner... You know, you're, you're normal, right? I don't know anybody that's not a sinner. The devil wants you to just criticize everybody. The devil wants you to find fault with everything you do. The devil wants you to find fault with everybody that calls themselves a Christian. Listen, if I found fault in everybody that said they were a Christian, and I said, I'm not coming to church because I find fault in people that said they were saved. They said they loved God, and I found out they didn't. I would never be a pastor. I would have quit long ago. I would be doing something else. But you know what? I know what the devil's up to. The Bible says we're not ignorant of his devices. We're not, we're not ignorant of what he's trying to do. He's trying to ruin our lives. He, he's still trying to do it. If he could get Christians to stop serving God, he would. He's real. 
So I want to give you real quick seven deceits. These are things that uh, that that will deceive you. All right, number one, and I'm, I won't be long because I don't have much time, but I'm going to give them to you really fast. Our world has been greatly deceived. Here's seven ways that the world's been deceived. Number one, wine and liquor and derivatives. Uh, you can say alcohol, you can say wine, you can say beer, liquor, but the Bible uses strong drink and wine. The thing that's tricking our nation most, one of the biggest things is, is this thing called wine and liquor and beer and uh, spirits. It affects the brain. It causes people to make bad decisions. It's deceitful. And Proverbs says that uh, wine is a mocker and strong drink is raging and he that is deceived thereby is not wise. So I don't care. I don't care what anybody says. Some say, well, Jesus drank wine. Was he deceived? Number one, it wasn't alcoholic. It could not make him drunk. It didn't make his mother drunk. He served 50-some gallons of it to the wedding party, and nobody got drunk at the wedding party. It's a sin in the Bible to serve liquor to your neighbor. If Jesus made wine and gave it to the wedding, he would have been a hypocrite. If he gave wine that could make his mother drunk and served it to his mother, and that would have been hypocrisy, it wasn't um, what you'd call fermented or alcoholic. I can prove that. If you believe the Bible, I can prove it. So let's just stop saying that Jesus drank wine. Well, what about the Last Supper? Yeah, that was wine, all right. It couldn't make anybody drunk. It didn't have alcohol in it. It says, look not upon the, the wine when it is red, when it gives itself, uh, uh, it turns itself, uh, give, gives it, it it's, it's a fermentation process when it turns aright. In other words, there's, there's certain grape juice that if you don't treat it right, it will ferment on you. It'll get rotten. Jesus didn't give rotten grape juice to his disciples. He did not get drunk. He didn't give himself the, uh, the ability to get drunk. And when the Bible says wine, I just want you to know it's a deception of the devil to think that you can drink. That's what we believe around here. I think it's wrong. I think it's, it's detrimental to every... By the way, young people, don't do it. You don't have to... By the way, it tastes really bad. It makes you vomit. Like comet. You know, we had a, we had a, we had a song in the, when we were kids. Uh, comet, it makes your teeth grow green. Comet, it tastes like gasoline. Comet, it makes you vomit. So get some comet and vomit today. Uh, I, 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 that song reminds me of liquor. You, I'll, I'll just keep safe the way I want to, and if you want to learn that song, I'll teach it to you. But listen, um, it's, it's, a, it's wrong. It's wrong. It doesn't do you any good. It's a deception. You know what happened in America during Prohibition? People, people are going on what they call the wagon. Billy Sunday in 1910. Listen to me. In 1910, Billy Sunday came to Bellingham, Washington. You know what he did? He put up a tent meeting. He had over 200,000 people bring their carriages and their horse carriages and their wagons, set up a tent 
and they had a camp meeting in Bellingham, Washington, right down the road, Bellingham. He's one of the most famous preachers in the world. And if you go downtown, you'll see the YWCA. There's a big brick building. I don't know if it's still the YWCA, but he would go around in all these major cities in America, and he would preach against liquor, and people loved it. And they said, that's it, we're cleaning it. He'd go into a town, and all the bars would shut down. They'd clean up the town. People start paying their bills, and the governments of these small towns where Billy Sunday went, they'd say, man, we got to have that guy back. He came to town, and the whole place cleaned up. Prostitutes are off the street. The bars are shut down. Families are put back together. You know what one of the biggest problems in America is? Liquor. Liquor. Liquor in every form. I don't care if it's wine. I don't care if it's uh, uh, a beer or you name it. My goodness. I almost got convicted one time when I found out the alcohol content of NyQuil. 25% alcohol. I, said, I don't know if I should be taking that. It's medicine, though. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> in World War II and all the World War, I mean, after Prohibition was uh, determined against the law and after they opened it back up, my goodness, our country got drunk. It's drunk. It's a common thing now. Just the, the bars and the liquors flowing. You should see how much um, Anheuser-Busch is, is, is producing during COVID, the beer content. It is astounding how much the beer trucks kept going. You know, in World War II, when they were rationing everything, gasoline and everything, there's a preacher, and he was trying to start a church, and uh, I, I, I think his name was uh, Dallas Billington. If I can't remember, but anyway, I read the biography, and you know what he did? Uh, he was told by the local authorities that you can't run those church vehicles. You can't go pick up boys and girls uh, because we're, we're rationing gas. There was gas rationing. He said, wait a minute. How come those beer trucks are going around the city? Those beer trucks are going around the city all the time. They never get told to stop running. And you tell me I can't pick up boys and girls on a bus? And he went to the authorities and they said, I guess you're right. If we let the beer trucks go, we're going to let your... And he got permission to run his buses in, in, in the early days of the bus ministry in America, he was picking up boys and girls because those stupid beer trucks were running all over the city. Well, I tell you, it's, it, the devil is, is very deceptive. And I think that beer, and liquor, and wine is one of the biggest deceits in this world. Number two, uh, the Bible says in Obadiah 1, verse 3, you don't have to turn there, I'm running out of time. But pride is a big deception. Uh, pride is something that lifts you up and makes you really think that you're better than somebody or you know more than somebody or it won't happen to you and I've got everything made. Uh, uh, maybe, maybe it may be financial pride. It might be physical pride. Some of those, some of those athletes are very proud people. Uh, there's pride in all different areas. There's spiritual pride, physical pride, financial pride. But the Bible says that pride is a very dangerous thing. Pride says, I'm just so good and better than somebody else. I, I really don't even have to do what God says. I, I, think, I think I'm okay. I know what the Bible says, but you know, I got a different way of looking at things. 
And I appreciate you people that need the Bible. And I'm glad you need the Bible. I'm glad you have to have God tell you what to do. But for me, it's a different thing. I, I like to follow my own way. Now, I don't, I don't fault you for following God, but, but I've got a different way of looking at life. And I just think I know a little bit better. That's good for you, but I had a relative tell me that. I asked my own uncle, who was a Korean War veteran, if he knew Jesus as his Savior. And he said, well, that's, that's okay for you guys. If, you, if that's what you need, that's good for you. Yeah, that's what I need. Yeah, he's what I need. He's what you need. He's what we need. We need him. Without him, we can't do a thing. We, he's, he's our Savior. He's our Lord. He's our Master. Pride will, will deceive you. Number three, false prophets will deceive you. And you can find that in Luke chapter 21, <clears throat> verse number 8. And I want to say this, too, that there's a lot of false prophets out there today. And I'll, can I name a few? Is it okay if I do that in church? I hope you won't be upset with me. Joseph Smith was a false prophet. He wasn't no prophet. He said he heard from God. He didn't hear from God. He heard from the devil. Because if a false prophet would hear anything and it disagrees with the Bible, he didn't hear it from God. A prophet hears from God and he writes it down. And by the way, we have all the prophecy there was. Amen. There is no more prophecy. What if I told you last night, folks, I got something to tell you. I heard God talk to me personally last night. He showed up in my bedroom right at the foot of my bed. And he said, I want you to raise money, and I'm going to have a new ministry for you. I want you to go back and forth to the Bahamas every year. And I want you to take a golden boat. Now, this is, I heard it from God. All these people are nuts. They're just nuts. And, and you know what happens is they, they say they heard from God. They didn't hear from God. Because if they hear from God it disagrees with the Bible, they heard from the devil. So false prophets, they're, they're, they're in sheep's clothing right now. And there's more. I don't have time to name as many as I know. But I want you to know that there are false prophets. Number, th number four, one of, the, one of the things that will deceive people is uh, riches. Now, money is not the issue. It's the love of money. Is that right? The love of money is the root of all evil. But, you know, the Bible says so many times that People that are extremely wealthy, they, they have a pride about them, but they are also being deceived. So I had a, a very wealthy person tell me one time, he said, you know, uh, brother, I, I'm envious of you and your wife. And uh, I said, why? He said, well, I've got everything I need. I, I don't have to worry about money. I've got more money than I know what to do with. Um, I, I just, you guys live by faith, and you just, you just, you just need God. And I understood, but he's not an evil guy. He's saved. He loves the Lord. But he, he was aware of the fact that uh, the money that God gave him wasn't a source of pride. And he still needed the Lord. Amen. And so he, he, he was not deceived by all the wealth that he had. There's a real rich man in uh, our Baptist circles. Uh, his, his, his name is um, uh, uh, Russell Anderson. 
he had a drywall company and he was instrumental in getting a college started in Hammond, Indiana. Uh, Jack Hiles wanted to start a college. His church was huge and they wanted to start a college, but uh, they needed a businessman to, uh, to help them with it. And you know what this businessman did? He's got a great testimony. He's one of the one of the wealthy people. I love his testimony. He, he decided that he would help the church build a college, uh, very, very wealthy. But he, he did this. He said, you know what, Lord? He was, he was saved. He loved the Lord. I, I don't know if he's with the Lord now, but he was elderly. So what he did was he said, you know, Lord, it says in the Bible that I'm supposed to give 10% back to you through the church. He said, I'm going to change that. He said, I'm going to live off that 10% and I'm going to give you 90 now, I'm not deceiving you with this. I'm not saying anybody should do this. You know I'm not setting you up for this, right? That's right. Okay, you all know I'm not going to ask you to give 90%. Everybody say amen. amen. I'm, not, I'm not asking you for anything. Forget that. It's, it's good enough to give 10. <laughs> but here's the thing. He did it. He had a drywall company, and he got so prosperous that he was living his whole life off of 10% of his income, and he was giving away 90% of his profits to churches and projects. And he was just having a great time. He financed this, this uh, college at Hiles Anderson College. Now, uh, whether you agree with that or not is not the issue tonight. Or whether you like that college is not the issue. But what I like is not everybody that's wealthy is deceived. He was not deceived. And over 35 churches in America, over 35 times... He gave a million dollars to local church uh, in Kentucky. Uh, uh, I forget the name, uh, Brother Fugate. Uh, Russell Anderson gave him a million dollars. He said, I like what you're doing. I love the church. I know you're after souls. Give him a million dollars. You know what? How many have ever heard Arm and Hammer baking soda? There's a guy named Arm and Hammer. I think it's spelled not Arm and. I think it was Arm and Hammer. One day, he was in a church service, and the preacher was saying what he would do if he had a million dollars. And you know what happened? The guy came in, sat down, and listened to the whole message. And when the message was over, he went up to the preacher and said, I, I like what you said you'd do with a million dollars. I'm going to write you a check for a million dollars. And he did. And so point number five is what I would do with a million dollars. <laughs> However, it is well understood today that there's no millionaire in this church. So I promise you I'm going to save that message for some other day. <laughs> Number five, Satan is the great deceiver. We know that from Revelation 20. Would you turn there? I've got just a couple minutes left. I want to I just want to show you just one thing. Revelation chapter 20. You know, it's your job as a Christian not to be deceived. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Turn with me, please, to uh, Revelation chapter 20, verse 7. I want to show you this now. And when the thousand years were expired, are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to deceive the nations. Did you see that? 
He's, a, he's, he's capable. By the way, who was the first one to be deceived? Anybody know? It was Eve, wasn't it? You said, well, are you against women? No, I'm not against women. I'm married to the best one in the world. And I got seven others that are daughters. <laughs> I'm not against women. I, 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 I love my sisters in the Lord. But you know what? The Bible says that the devil didn't go after Adam, did he? Who'd he go after? Ladies, if you, if you realize the power you have to be a blessing to your brothers or your spouse, you would, you would be amazed. Because Eve was tricked. And she, she was absolutely deceived. The Bible says that in two or three places. Eve was the one that the devil went after. So to say that, what I would say this, the devil's looking for a weak spot in your life. He's looking for a weak spot wherever, you can, wherever he can find it. Do you have a weak spot in your life? Do you have an unmended part of your fence? He's after you. He, he, he's going to ruin. He'll either ruin your relationship, he'll ruin your marriage, he'll ruin your health if you let him. And I can testify to so many people out there that have, their, have been deceived by liquor, have been deceived by drugs, Fentanyl, heroin, marijuana. By the way, that's another way the devil's deceiving America. Just because it's legal doesn't mean we ought to do it. I haven't fallen into that trap. Just because it's legal, that doesn't mean, well, hey, it's legal, Dad. So what? It's legal for me to put a tent out in the backyard and have you sleep in it. That's your bedroom until you're 18. Get a pillow and a lantern. Now, there's all kinds of things that's legal. It doesn't mean it's good. Paul said, all things are lawful for me, but not things are not all expedient. Amen. Just because liquor, just because marijuana and all kinds of sin is, is, is legal in America, don't be deceived by all that. Don't be deceived. Number six, we know sin is a deceiving thing, isn't it? Sin is deceiving. I don't have to elaborate on that but here's something and we're going to close with this I, I i'm not trying to be offensive tonight i'm really not i just don't want anybody to be deceived it's your job not to be deceived i don't care if it's covid or masks or uh vaccinations or medical things or physical things i don't care if it's education i don't care if it's uh evolution or climate change there's all kinds of deceptions in the world and it's our job not to be deceived about any of it. So let's look at Proverbs, and I'll finish up tonight. I appreciate your patience, and I do, I do really thank you for being here and loving God and, and putting him first in your life. This is the Lord's Day. But let me show you something. You, you need to be careful now, and I won't elaborate too much because I have run out of time. But uh, Proverbs 28, let's go there in verse number 25 and 26, and I'll finish up with this. I have had this happen to me before where I was deceived by my own heart. I trusted my heart. You can't trust your heart. You cannot trust your own heart. You don't, I know it's a, it sounds bad to say it, but the Bible says you can't trust your own heart. You have to, you have to trust God's word no matter what your heart says. And God, God will move your heart. God will strengthen your heart. 
God will protect your heart. He'll put things in your heart. And uh, if your heart belongs to the Lord, then you trust the Lord. And he'll put things on your heart. Uh, relationships are that way. When you get, have a relationship, you want to make sure that you have the right one. You have to give your heart to the Lord. And you have to let God protect your heart. Because you're not supposed to just give your heart to every, anybody. So your heart can't be trusted. You have to give it to God. Everybody okay with that? You've got to give your heart to God. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, soul, and strength. Now, let's go to verse 25. He said in Proverbs 28, 25, it says, <clears throat> He that is of a proud heart stirreth up strife, but he that putteth his trust in the Lord shall be made fat. He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. But whoso walketh wisely, he shall be delivered. According to the Bible, you've got to be careful with your own heart, don't you? Boy, we got to be careful. We can't be deceived. You know, sometimes, just because I have a thought, just because I have something on my heart, that doesn't mean it's from God. You just have to filter everything. And I want to challenge you tonight. Don't let our country deceive you. Don't let any leader deceive you. Don't let anybody religious deceive you. Don't let your children deceive you. Don't let your spouse deceive you. They don't mean to. You be sure to give your heart to the Lord. Amen. And then you can, you can decipher where it's, it's safe and what to do. You know, the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. We have a responsibility not to be deceived. Amen. Let's bow our heads for prayer.